report from the yearly meeting secretary. Dear friends, this is a season of paradox. Our Quaker spiritual ancestors invite us to anchor ourselves in the unshakable hope of a love that is still being born in the world, even as we mourn the losses of so much of what we have known and turn our attention with prayerful discernment to what the Holy Spirit might reveal of our condition now and might require of us today. What a good time to gather together, seeking to abide in that which is eternal. It's a season for gratitude and for celebration. In these advanced documents, I encourage you to give particular attention to Nia Thomas's program director's report and to the update on the yearly meeting's continuing experiments in supporting ministry, eldership, and the spiritual life of local meetings. I give thanks to all who have played a part and to the one who moves through it all for the continued focusing, clarifying, and strengthening of our offerings to help friends' meetings across our region to thrive. We have learned and grown so much in recent years, friends. We have been given many gifts, and we have many opportunities before us for service. It's also a season for stewardship and for pruning. With the disruption and reorientation throughout our society, many of us find ourselves with less time and energy and fewer financial resources to share in service than in the past. In Friends' stewardship of the yearly meeting, the programs, services, staffing, and channels for volunteer service, friends are discovering that we simply are not able to faithfully and fully sustain the number and scope of activities that many have come to expect. Certainly not in some of the ways that have worked in the past. We need to adjust what we are doing and how we do it. We have already been adapting and learning in many ways for years, and there is more to do. Along with skillful labor and intentional design, this will take prayer, tenderness, persistence, and courage. There is grief and loss in this season, a testament of love and gratitude for gifts of service, relationship, and faithful stewardship given in the past by so many. We need to allow and acknowledge our griefs and our losses, and yet we are not called to make our homes there. If we allow it, this season also offers relief and curiosity and an opportunity to deepen our attention to what is truly ours to do at this time. Seeking to be faithful now to the same spirit rather than trying to keep things the same is our most loving response to the faithful service of those who came before us. We can't do it all. Trying to sustain activity beyond our capacities is a path to exhaustion with resentment and shame close behind. We are not called to a spirituality of urgency, reactivity, and burnout. 
friends have understood for generations that busyness is the mortal enemy of the spiritual life. I am reminded that we truly will not be given more to do by the Spirit than we can carry with God's help. We are offered an invitation to acceptance, to prayerful discernment of what is required now, and to pruning of what is no longer ours. Saying a real yes to just a few essential things makes our no possible. This may be an easier message to hear and respond to in our personal lives than in our meeting life and in our shared stewardship of the institution of the yearly meeting. And yet, for the well-being of our religious body, and for us as persons who make it up and who are shaped and formed by its influences for good or ill, the corporate dimension of this pruning matters deeply. In releasing demands on our institutional structures, may we find more spaciousness for attention to the subtler and quieter rhythms of our faith journeys, not only in the formal activities of Quaker groups, but in the whole of our lives. I pray this will be a season for renewing commitment to our inherited disciplines and rhythms in practices of worship, discernment, and life together. At their roots, these are not tired, outdated, or foolish forms, nor obstacles to faithfulness or new life. They are the fruits of the lived experience of friends who through them found guidance, grounding, clarity, cohesion, and courage. When practiced in the spirit, they anchor a corporate spirituality of resilience. In recent years, Especially in the context of the pandemic, many friends have discovered that difficult and complex decisions can be made quickly and creatively, and that uncertain and changing circumstances may require departing from our long-established practices. There is much that is good in this. And this does not mean that all decisions should be quick or that we should dismiss our tradition when it seems to ask more of us than what seems like an easier or faster approach, or that urgency and advocacy should replace prayerful seasoning, corporate discernment, and yielding to the often slow work of God among us. In discerning the most important matters, may we remember that the essential question is not whether a decision moves quickly or slowly or even as we would like it to, but whether the truth we discover in the searching has taken root in us deeply enough that our living might be changed by it. These years have been hard on us as persons and families, but also as communities of faith and practice. Beyond our activities, there is a deeper need for rediscovering ourselves as part of one body. Where our social cohesion and relationships have thinned and frayed, both within meetings and between and among them, how can we each join in rhythms of life that serve the weaving and mending? Trust is precious, difficult to weave, easy to unravel.
where trust has been undermined? How can our own personal commitments to friends' shared practices of worship and discernment nurture it? Do we examine our habits of heart, speech, and action prayerfully with care for how we, for how each of us, might help build up the unity of the body in the spirit? In the present climate, it feels especially easy for us to be influenced by the polarization, urgency, and anxiety that permeates much of our wider society. I pray that each of us might redouble our inward watchfulness for how these kinds of influences may affect us. Let us seek to listen before we speak, to seek first to understand and to mind the orientation of our hearts. Other voices within me, voices that are not the guide, urge the logic of the world, not of the spirit. It is sometimes tempting for me to dismiss these promptings as small things and to indulge them, but they are corrosive to my soul and to the life of my spiritual community. I hope we will each be wary of the distorting potential of these other voices. Whatever my experiences, whatever the depth or substance of my concerns, when I nurture resentment in myself or cultivate a habit of tearing down rather than seeking to build up, I embark on a road that leads to othering, contempt, and division. Friends have been down this road in our history. It is an easy road to travel once we first begin. Followed, it leads to ruin. I continue to hold in my heart the imperfect, willing, beloved human beings among us who have accepted a call to servant leadership among friends. In these turbulent times, many friends are experiencing heartbreak, exhaustion, and disillusionment, suffering in love for the communities they serve. It's helpful for me to remember that these friends are called to serve the body, not to meet individual demands or to become scapegoats for anxieties and frustrations, but to nurture the life of the spirit present among us in our meeting communities as a whole. I find myself asking, what is my and what is each of our personal responsibility to those who serve on our behalf? How might I and we be an encouragement to them as they seek to encourage us all? Knowing we are already forgiven and beloved beyond measure, may we embrace in whatever ways we may be given a new season of humility and of gratitude. Perhaps the greatest fruit of the pruning that I pray we might experience is the capacity to focus more deeply on what is essential. I hope we will renew our attention to meeting one another where we are in our journeys and supporting each other's formation and growth in gifts for service throughout our lives. This orientation offers both a present path and blessing for our journey together and a prospect of nourishing fruits to come.
I am grateful for friends responding to the call to articulate and lift up the core invitation and purpose of our fellowship, even in changing times. When we become more clear about what we are inviting people to and why we are led to offer this invitation, it becomes more and more possible to remove barriers to those seeking to join this adventure of life together in the spirit. I want to close with gratitude again for so many friends whose preparations throughout the year are setting a table for us for annual sessions 2023. I remain grateful for the opportunity to serve alongside them and you, dear friends, in this work of love. In the spirit in which we can never be separated, may we remember and freshly experience an invitation to this shared journey of friendship. May our time together in the coming days be gathered in the presence of the friend. And may we be blessed in the meeting.